0: Hockey. Oh, My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Indeed it is Judd's Hockey Show, Judd Zolgad, and joining me back in the saddle, Declan Goff. We obviously introduced A.J. Fredrickson last Thursday, uh, Jesse Pierce last Wednesday with me and Dex. And so, excited to have Dex back, because Dex, we got something to talk about. Hmm. Okay. Um, this hockey team, since a very impressive 5-1 win at the X against Tampa Bay on January 4th, has gone 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. The reality is they're 3-5. and five. They've lost five right. games. Yep. Uh, they, they had a three-game win streak. Islanders 3-1, Arizona 2-1, Washington 4-2. In none of those games have I been impressed. They have lost the rest of those games, and I'd like to start off here. Okay. We, we will uh, certainly get to what Age and I talked about on Thursday, which was the first of two scratches now for Matt Dumba. But you know who I'm tired of? I'm tired of Ryan Hartman um oh i'm i don't think he's bringing a damn thing right now he 's taking dumb retaliatory penalties. uh He basically told Dean he was going to stay on the ice after a bad penalty on Saturday so that he could get in a fight. I, I saw it, that, that was it weird. made zero sense and you know what here 's my thing. One is this team is in desperate need if they are going to make an actual playoff bid and right now they are in they remain in third place in the central, but Colorado is red hot and they 're on the come. And then if the Wild falls down into the wild card, they're behind the Kings in points, and Calgary is right on their tail. Uh, this team desperately needs, if, if they think that they're a playoff team, and keep in mind, Bill Guerin said about a week and a half ago that this team would tell him, like their play would tell him, but they if they want to be taken seriously and be consistent, they need another guy in the top six. It's not Hartman, and quite frankly, here's where I stand right now. If Matt Dumb is going to be scratched in back-to-back games, which, by the way, if that's what needs to happen, that's fine. Ryan Hartman should be a healthy scratch when the Wild plays on Tuesday in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm tired of this pussy footing around. I'm tired of the retaliatory penalties. I'm tired of the regression, which, which unlike Felino, Foligno still brings something when he plays. Hartman, to me, is bringing no edge. He's bringing an undisciplined play. Um I'm getting very tired of some of the habits that since that Tampa Bay game, the Wild has fallen into, and one of them is Ryan Hartman.
1: Okay, so just first question off the bat is then if you put Hartman out, who comes in? What who, Who's the addition? I'm calling Sammy Walker up. Okay. He he brings speed. He brings – I mean, look, look.
0: I'm the first to say I didn't think he was going to be a good pro, but he actually brought way more. I, I would argue that he is a far superior National Hockey League wing – than he was at the end of the day, a college center for the golfers. Yeah. Um, Hartman's a grinder. And right now he's an angry one and it's doing, you no good. I would much rather see Goudreau Walker and Boldy than I would Hartman. And when Hartman comes back, he's a bottom six guy.
1: Yeah. It, I think you can say that his 65 point 30 goal season last year was, uh, was a mirage, um, you're right, he has not brought anything. I know he got hurt and, and was sidelined for a few months here, and now he's back. Um, but th- there's been nothing about his game to me that says, oh, man, if uh, they can turn the key of Ryan Hartman back into last season and all oh, this look out, like look out and always oh, on, he's on the cusp here or always oh, had some bad luck. I don't know. Eye test-wise, um, analytically speaking too, he hasn't really done anything to me that that warrants that he's on this come-of a breakup that can repeat a 65-point season um, again. And yeah, look, he's he's made a great career after kind of fizzling out with Chicago of being a bottom six and being a grinder guy. And look, you need those guys, right? Those guys are contributors. And Ryan Hartman, up until last season, had a nice role in that space. Um, it wasn't until last year that all of a sudden it turned into this other guy. And we thought, oh wait, wait a minute, there's there's awesome. They just they just found a right a, a top line center who can pair and score you know thirty goals. But eh, that's probably not going to be it. And you know when we had Jesse Pearson, another one of our other additions, hit now to Judge Hockey Show. She, She mentioned how the fact when they traded for Ryan Reeves, that that sparked something with this team. You can go back and look at how basically poor the Wild looked through the not poor, but lackluster, I think is probably the better word, up until the Ryan Reeves acquisition from the beginning of the season. And then after that, the Wild played really good hockey for about a five to six week stretch here. To your point, over the last, what, 10 games, it's been a little bit more rough. It hasn't been as as, uh, disciplined and as, up to par as it's been in the previous five weeks since Thanksgiving, essentially, but they need some, something else here. Can they make the playoffs? Yes. I think this team as currently assembled, they can make the playoffs 100%. Can they be taken seriously? And do they have a style of play that tells me that they can get beyond the first round, which is something this franchise hasn't done since 2015. I've yet to see that I've yet to be, I've yet to buy into that. I thought last year's team could, and they obviously fell short of that, but I've yet to see that with this team, even though that this team had a stretch where they were playing very good hockey and their goaltending is maybe a little bit more established than it was last year. I don't, I don't see that. So they do have to make some type of change as we get closer to the NHL trade deadline.
0: They can make the playoffs when they're playing like they can play. The problem is they don't consistently. And like, I guess my question right now is the, the last, what is it? I gave you a three, three and two. So the last eight games, is that like just a slump and, and they'll snap out of that? Is that, Bad habits that are going to come around too much. Like, I, the last eight games, I don't like their style. And I, and Dean has been off and on. Like, he claimed the Florida game, he didn't mind it. I thought it was not a good game. I didn't think they played well. I thought they played uh, to the word that you use, the pre Reeves team sort of checked out and sort of passive at times. Uh, the first line of late has disappeared, which is really weird. In fact, uh, the first line, five on five. Saturday, two shots on goal. I mean, that's Capri Sov Steel Zuccarello. So that's a problem. Uh, but I just think the ups and downs. And when you have a second line that is basically a third line, like you're playing at best at the very if I'm being nice, you're playing three lines that are the third or or fourth line. Like you don't have a consistent top six. You've got your top three guys, and when they're not on, it's huge trouble. Boudreau is a borderline, right? He's borderline. Boldy, I think is a second line guy. I think that's very fair. Sure. Yep. But then when two thirds of that line is basically ma- made up of grinders or, or guys in, in Hartman's case of late, who are playing undisciplined, you know, at the very best, that's three third lines. And so I'm very conflicted here because we get into cycles where it's like, okay, they look really, really good. And then we get into cycles of, okay, they're sort of slacking off. They're not playing as well. and, I think the thing with this team, because they struggle to score a lot more than last year, where they basically, it seemed like they could score at will. Uh, In fact, they only have two goals this season with empty nets, which by this time last year, they had like eight. Uh, So I think the issue there is the attention to detail is so important. And when this team lacks on the details, it's doomed because they're not good enough to overcome that.
1: So do you think when they're playing up to the Judd Zogad discipline style, heavier style of this year's wild team when they were winning games from the from the holiday season stuff timed, and they were playing more up to the standard of what they're supposed to be playing, you think that's a team that if they played like that over the course of the regular season, that's not a team that can just make the playoffs, but that's a team that could potentially win a playoff series? Is, is, that, is that up to your belief when they're doing that?
0: I think it's got the potential, but the more I watch it, I do think that if they are going to sniff a playoff series win, like I think that team can make the playoffs. As far as a playoff series win, I think you need one more guy on that second line who can actually generate. And I would rather go, and I'm not saying Walker is great. Okay. So I'm not saying, oh my God, you bring him up and you're a playoff team. But you know what he brings? He brings a spark. He brings some speed. I, I guess I guess here's my question. When you watch the Ryan Hartman of 2022 and 23, what does he consistently bring?
1: Like Uh, Walker brought speed, right? Yeah, I I haven't seen it this year at all with him.
0: Right. So like Walker, Walker definitely made some mistakes, I'm sure. And there are things that young players do that are going to drive a guy like Dean, who was a huge attention to detail player himself, um, are going to drive him crazy. But that being said, I love the spark. I love the chemistry that, that Boldy had with Walker. I don't see any consistent chemistry on that line. And Boldy has a couple goals now, I think, in the last two games. But if I'm not mistaken, they're both power play goals. So that comes with that Kaprizov and Eck line. I just don't see the upside. I, I think that that Goudreau line, as currently constructed, is a third or fourth line.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, I don't think wrong in your assessment. And that's where they have to kind of roll this dice here by the trade deadline and figure out if they want to be buyers and what do they want to give up? I don't know. I, I've i been sniffing a lot more around of, you know, just reading up these insider reports from guys like Elliot Freeman, obviously locally here with Michael Russo and Joe Smith. And, there's there's plenty of you know great kind of fire that's starting to pick up a little bit as we get close to the nhl trade deadline and i'll even give hockey credit the nhl trade deadline is now more from like a legitimate fun day you know like, oh, God, it, yeah. it's it's been great it's been really good because we are hockey nerds because we love it that time is great i think recently even the last few years it's been picked up even more and now we're what about five and a half six weeks out from the deadline um and we're starting now things are starting to really get picked up and yep. it appears that bo Horvat is you know the the top guy on that's going to be on the market. I'll just say right now, I don't think that they're going to have the pieces to get him. That that just won't be a thing. But Mm -hmm. you and I briefly kicked the can on it, and I would be very curious if it is not going to cost the farm because this is someone, in my opinion, that I think garen would love to have on it. You figure out the availability of ROR. You you figure out what St. Louis wants to give up. Now he's thirty one. Like I, he's not going to command the same return as Horvat, because he's not hurt right now and and he's injured by the way, uh, uh, a Kaelin Addison shot, I believe was the one that broke his foot around new year's time. So he still won't be back, I believe until about mid February. So that's only going to give him about a 10 game sample size to see what they want to do with him. All things pending that he comes back by then, by the way too. But I would bet that that's probably going to be a high draft. Like St. Louis will say, give us a first round pick for him. Not trying to say they're going to give our away for free. But if the cost is a first-round pick and not significantly more draft capital, is Bill Guerin willing enough to play ball and get a rental in here who has won cups, who knows what it takes to win, who has skill when he's playing up to par, that's a top-line guy? I would personally pivot my focus on more of someone like that than I would be mortgaging out the farm to get someone like Bo Horvat.
0: The Horvat thing is weird because Friedman and somebody else nationally have said that the Wild is in on those talks, that they've been called, that they've m- made calls. It's, it's unclear, but they have definitely linked in Canada uh, through some respected national Schefter like Canadian right. <laughs> hockey sources that the Wild's involved. Russo and Joe, and Joe Smith of The Athletic have said, no, that's not true. The Wild's not in. Here's the interesting thing. So a week ago, Saturday, when Garen did his state of the team midseason address, He basically said, I'll know what I have to do based on what the team does itself, like what Mm -hmm. they show me. But it was more sort of like, and it's typical Bill Guerin, they got to prove it. Like, do they deserve to be supported? Do Mm -hmm. they deserve rewarded even? Yes, exactly. The way they're playing right now, it's a big fat no. But that being said, would there be a temptation, like you're saying, And what would Bill be willing to give up for a guy who would instantly come into the room and command respect and is still, he's not in his prime now, but he's still a very productive player. And yes, he could step in second line guy. If that's a first round pick, does Bill say yes? Or is Bill also sort of trying to build up something here? Like that's the question I don't know. And I don't even think if Garen knows for sure right now, but, it's just, it's it's obvious that this team, and I don't know why, and I'm not absolving Dean too, but this team definitely got, gets into weird lulls because there's never been a question about how they have to play. They've got to play a heavy, aggressive style game. Um, but what I've seen in the last eight games is sort of this going back, resting on their laurels, which they don't really have. So it's a very weird thing. But um, there's no question that when Bill Guerin said that a week ago Saturday, he was throwing down the gauntlet and a challenge. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is, since then, they've done nothing to like say, yes, Billy, we are going to want help. They've sort of just gone backwards.
1: Right. And if the Wilds play does uptick to a degree, um, I think Garen is a lot more likely to get a rental, someone that is like ROR, um, because it would mean that they were rewarded for it. And it's also not going to cost the price of Horvat. I even yeah. saw. I think um, I it might have been it might have been Pierre LeBron who did a mock trade that says you know Toronto could be a perfect fit for for ROR, and I agree that that could be an amazing fit, but it would probably cost a first round pick from Toronto, and it could potentially also cost them Matthew nice. who's obviously a stud here locally with the Gophers. Now that that would be an overpay, and they even acknowledge the fact of that, that is. I mean, nice is might be one of the best college hockey players in the NHL right now. That Gopher team is obviously stacked, yeah. um, but I do wonder if. The St. Louis Blues, who are also in your division too, by the way, if they say, "Well, the asking price or starting point of these conversations is a first-round pick," I don't think Bill Guerin just hangs up the phone. I don't think he. I don't think he says, "I can't do a first-round pick." I, I don't. I don't think he completely hangs up. He's going to say, "Well, all right, first and maybe this to make make it happen," but I don't think he just completely cuts off the negotiations. If basically St. Louis comes back and says, 1st round pick, let's that's the starting point, let's play ball from there."
0: O'Reilly's broken foot is intriguing because I think it definitely it definitely I wouldn't say plunges but affects what he's going to get back Uh, now Kyle Dubas who's the GM of the Leafs has come out recently and said he's not going to trade a first round pick or nice and by the way you do not want nice on the blues they've got they drafted Snuggerud in the first round Mm -hmm. that's a problem already that kid can play nice is outstanding But yeah, so Toronto said that they won't trade either of those two things. Now, I think they're bluffing. I think they would trade their first round pick. I do not think that they will trade Nyes. I think he's a keeper. This kid's going to be a complete stud.
1: I I think I agree too.
0: Um, But all all of that being said, I would agree with you. And yes, I don't think that Bill Guerin is going to get a rental like Horvat, who's going to cost him a ton. And I got to think too, when Horvat gets moved, that there's going to be teams that make a trade with the Canucks or a team that actually goes request permission to speak to to Horvat's agent first and actually tries to work out an extension and then pays a king's ransom based on the extension if that makes sense
1: yeah and you know keep in mind too I think I think R does have the full known trade clause so he would have to waive it but this is where you know having someone like Bill Guerin in the pocket of a GM like Bill and I know Billy goes way back with Marc-Andre Fleury so it's it's apples to oranges but he, he, this isn't Chuck Fletcher convincing Ryan O'Reilly to, to waive the no-trade clause. This isn't Paul Fenton convincing that, too. This is Bill Guerin, who's yep. a respected dude. And I think ROR also knows that, all right, I brought this team a cup. We've come down to earth hard uh, after making the second round last season. It's going to be a little bit here. Do I have a better chance to win a cup with Minnesota? Potentially resign there or even, hell, go and play there for four months. If we go on a playoff run, we do or we don't, and then I can also cash in my own way by unrestricted free agency this year too. That's also completely on the table. I, I think Garen is much more likely to go after someone like ROR. You know, the Jonathan Taves situation is also very weird. Obviously, Kane too. That 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 thing's going to play itself out. But if I were Garen, I'd be much more interested, and I also would think the likelihood is much more increased if it's someone like ROR than it is a Bullhorn Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I I just don't think. The- If the Wild has no chance to re-sign the guy, which they don't with Bo, there's no way that they're going to send the compensation. Like, that would be dumb. Bill Guerin's not going to do that. But to your point, if it's a first-round pick, which is a big price, uh, but that's that's the price of poker for O'Reilly, I can see that. Um, I think Kane, who also has a no trade with the Blackhawks, who I do think is going to get moved, uh, he seems like an absolutely ideal fit for the Rangers they could really use a guy like that. I think Kane in the in the right with the right team now could be an absolute playoff stud. Taze isn't going to get the same as Kane is. Um I've heard there's some rumblings that he actually might go home to the Jets. If again, all these guys have no no trade clauses. So, yeah, O'Reilly probably makes a ton of sense. Horvat's a pipe dream. But, you know, Billy could also say cuz he's I mean, this is sort of how he he works. He could also say, screw it. You guys have done nothing to deserve help. Correct. Um, like, Because this is not – I don't think that – Bill Garen wants to be competitive, but I don't think he sees this like he did last spring. Yeah. Because last spring was a, we're going in. Yes. Um, I think that this team could basically tell him, you know what? Stay on the diving board because it's not worth going into the pool for for mm-hmm. this group because the inconsistency of the play will drive a guy like Garen absolutely nuts.
1: Yeah, I guess not to contradict ourselves here, because we obviously love the reckless speculation. We love the trade ideas. And if they made this trade, I mean, we're all in, and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about and all that fun stuff. But I also, I I wouldn't be shocked, too. Let's say the Wild maybe do go on a tailspin. Or they just play, you know, kind of like they've been playing all season, which is, right, inconsistent. Stretches of dominance and stretches of, ugh, like, what is wrong with this team? Right. It, it, this isn't um, a well, make-or-break is. situation for gearn to have to make a decision. by the Like last year, I think that was. I think that would, like, he put, he paid some prices for some guys. He obviously brought Marc-Andre Fleury in here. He brought in Nick Delorier in here. He he made some tweaks here to be buyers of the deadline. Jake Middleton, too. Yeah. I wouldn't, you're also right, though, that they don't necessarily deserve it if they if they don't play wrong. And also, they're in a position here where they're still in cap hell that they can't really be Correct. willing to just give away the prospects, give away the draft picks, because with you still being in that cap hill for about, I think, two more years after this, you need to really hit on those entry-level contracts, right? You need to hit on those prospects that are coming up through your pipeline. You can't really just be selling them off from a position of strength. Right. So, yes, I, I, it, it could all it, this all could be for naught, right? Like This all just could be a, maybe a wild-card team, and if it bounces in five games, it bounces, or if they don't make the playoffs at all, it's not going to be a defining moment for them. But you're right that probably these next few weeks to what Bill Guerin did to challenge them last week at his little press conference, That'll probably tell us here in a couple weeks if there are indeed on someone like Ryan O'Reilly.
0: Yeah, I think part of what occurred a year ago as well, Dex, is is this: they knew that they couldn't afford to keep Fiala. He was a dynamic player. Now, I will give you this: he disappeared in the playoffs, so that's not a positive. But I think that there was a feeling that that uh, the proverbial Brett Favre line, the pieces are in place. I think the pieces were a little bit more in place. I don't know that they are now, and I don't know. Again, with the way that this team plays, like there's times I watch them and I think, you know what? This could this team could win some playoff games. And then the last 8 games, Saturday night, you know, they're just out there that was, that was lollygagging around, yeah. lollygagging, you know, trying to be cute. The first line now, I think it's 3 games, has been nowhere to be found. Kaprizov, it, this is a weird one, can't hit the net to save his life. I think he's had more shots go wide in the past 3 games. Then he did, it feels like he did all year before that. Um, Sam Steele has cooled off, which shouldn't be a shock. So like, there are some really weird, there's some really weird vibes here. And and I do think that if they just continue to play this way, there's going to be probably in Bill's mind, uh, to your point, we're in cap hell. I'm not going to make this worse. And the other thing too is, you know, at some point in time, if this just cycle continues up and down, I think you got to look at Dean as well. I'm not saying he's in trouble, but I I am saying it's concerning that he can't maximize what this team should. And I think he's trying to push buttons. And, you know, this is the weird thing. In hockey, you can push X amount of buttons, but after that, it can dry up at times. And then there's the question of what happened here. And so it's weird. I got one more thing because there's one more pressing topic that age and i talked about but i did not talk to you about But before i do i want to talk to you about my friends at livia weight control centers who helped me uh a year ago now or so drop more than 40 pounds which is fantastic but you know what the most important thing is keeping that weight off and right now new you for the new new year in fact look at that guy look Look at the guy on the left look at the guy on the right huh how how about that (laughs) and right now here is the offer the judd offer so if you contact them and say judd from score north sent me you're going to get 50% off the program. That's right, 50% off the program to go from the left to the right. 855 go L I V E A, Livia.com. L I V E A.com is where you start on the new you for the new year, Livia.com. Okay, what what is your opinion? And AJ and I talked about this after Dumba had the bad Washington game and then he was scratched for Carolina, and we all assumed he'd be back on Saturday. He was not. He's been scratched in consecutive games. He's healthy, there's nothing wrong. Um, To me, one game was a wake-up call. Two is a very odd warning shot. What do Mm -hmm. you think, um, you know, and the the Wild's like, we're not trying to trade them. We're just, what do you think's going on here? Because, you know, Dex, we used to talk about this a lot. And for the life of us, you couldn't get Dumba scratched no matter what. And now, back-to-back games.
1: Yeah. Um, I was surprised when they did it the second time. And I was probably more surprised that when they did it the second time, there wasn't a corresponding move basically within, announced within the first few hours that he indeed was traded. The conundrum you're going to run into here, and this is what they're probably running into as we're as we're recording this podcast on a Sunday evening, that they are probably trying to shop him. I don't buy that for a second that they're not shopping him. They're 100% shopping him. Teams are coming back and saying, well, you know really want to give you a significant piece for a guy that makes a good amount of money. And let's be honest, a fifth or sixth defenseman on a good team right now. So this is the, this is where I used to tell you when we kind of were really beating this drum for the last few months of, well, they're not going to give them away for nothing. They're not going to give them away for nothing. It might come to a point. They're going to give them away for nothing. They're going (laughs) to give them away for peanuts here. I mean, because at this point, if, if you're scratching them because there's a deal that's being worked out, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. But because now we're, what, three days since the first scratching that that happened on Thursday night. Again, we're recording this on a Sunday evening. We're now 72 hours past that fact. There's no immediate deal that's intact. There's nothing that's being reported that they're heavily shopping him. In fact, they're denying the fact that they are. And then if you still want to shop him, no one's going to come out and say, we'll give you a a third-round pick for this guy. It's now going to come to the point, I think, personally, that – either they're just going to have to accept that they're going to cut losses here, take whatever they can get and move that, move the bleep on essentially, or they're going to have a really disgruntled player who I'm sure is very upset and disappointed with his own play. But that is also understanding that now they're scratching me because I'm, I don't deserve to play, which part of, I don't blame the brass for not playing him all the time at this point. Cause he's been kind of unplayable at times this season, but at this point, I mean, unless Bill can get some type of can work some type of magic here, I would take whatever you can get for him. And if that's a fifth round pick at that, I think I'd take it to the bank and run.
0: So I think it's interesting that a team that is incredibly cognizant and Bill, especially Dean as well, though, incredibly cognizant of how of the heartbeat of that room, right? Like they have gone, and I give them credit for this, but they have done um, wonders with trying to change the culture here. And Dumba, if nothing else, I think is incredibly popular. He wears a letter. All right. Yes. So I'll say this the last two, the Washington game was far from perfect, and Dumba had a bad game, and he said a bunch of bad games, I think, uh, but they won. And then the last two games, they they look like a team that's got something on their minds. They look like a team. It has a guy out, and they're all like, whoa, what's going on with this? Uh, I have no idea if that's true or not, all right? But it looks like something is distracting them, which is which is their fault. It shouldn't be. But anyway, I got to think that Dumba being scratched is playing a role into, into the heartbeat or lack of rhythm in the locker room, all right? That's the first thing. This is, uh, the second thing is, and I heard this early in the season when he got off to a terrible start, that because they knew they couldn't keep him, their hope was to trade him. And he was playing so poorly, but they didn't want to scratch him to send a message around the, the league of this guy is unplayable. So they continued to play him and crossed their fingers that his play would improve because if it did, then he becomes more tradable. Now, combine that with um, with what Joe Smith Joe Smith wrote today. His athletic piece on Dumba being scratched for a second consecutive game quoted anonymous uh anonymous scout and a couple i think a couple of personnel folks from outside the wild in which they said his name comes up when defensemen are bandied about right now but it's almost an afterthought name mm-hmm. so to your point it's not you know eric carlson okay who's next matt dumba it's this litany Chickering and carlson and, and all of the potential available trade deadline guys and then it's like oh yeah and we got dumba too possibly So, I think what happened is he's fallen so far down to what you're saying that this notion of we can't scratch him disappeared because everybody basically said, You're not going to get much for him, which is an interesting thing by itself. I guess this is a very long way of saying it's my expert opinion. They need to resolve this quickly. I don't think him sitting in the press box is doing anybody any good. Mm -mm. Either you come back and play him and you just play him and you take a chance that that he's just going to flat out walk for a cheaper contract with a team in July, or you trade him. Um, I don't think they've hit on the, the best thing. Again, like I told you, I thought Carolina being scratched was a wake-up call. Okay, I get that. I'm on board with that. I love scratching guys. But when you scratch him two consecutive games, and, and he's a veteran and he's respected, now yeah. it's like, well, and and then I think you start to look at other guys, and you're like, wait, wait, wait. Matt Dumas being scratched, but Hartman's not? Yep. So you're playing favorites, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't know what the intention was by the second consecutive scratch. I don't know if there was a problem behind the scenes and he got mad and blah, blah, blah. No idea. But I do think that Bill Guerin and Everson, for as much as he's involved, need to resolve this ASAP because I don't think it's constructive.
1: Yeah, this is where now it's a potential ticking time bomb situation where you're alienating someone who means a lot to the room, which he does. I've heard the same things. Um, And that he also is now being more, he's getting pissed off because, all right, it's a wake-up call. I can take the scratch. I'll move past it, and I'll be a better player and give me a shot on Saturday. And then they say, ah, no. We're going to roll with Alex Golikoski again, who I don't like. Coach speaking come in and say, well, we actually liked Goose's play on third, 30- you know, we really liked oof. Right. If if I'm if I'm Matt, I'm even God. more pissed off at that point. So yeah, this is now and this is where they've done a brilliant job at this. Garen has, and to to his credit, Evison and the room has too from not just Evison, Felinos, the Spurgeons, the leadership in that room has done a good job of avoiding um in chemistry problems, but now this is potentially going to be an issue. If one of your alternate captains and also a really real, whether he's good or not, but a well-respected guy in the room is now being alienated because he, either you can't find the trade chip for him. And also you don't trust him to play every night. That, yeah, that's, right. that's an issue. That's a significant issue. Well,
0: and you, you're exactly right. Like it'd be different if Faber was here now, right. And he came in and played great. And, now I'm not saying that this would be simple because he, he's, a young guy, but it'd be like, boy, I am losing my job to a young stud. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Goligoski. Like you can't sell me that, Dean. It's like last night when when he's like trying to de- he. The problem is when Dean tries to defend the team, it's because he thinks that they're weak right now. Mm-hmm. So like he's like he's like it's bad enough. I'm not going because there's no way that he watched that Panthers game and said, you know what, I love that game. But he's trying to defend his team because he knows that they're they are mentally soft right now and that's a problem. So yeah, I just think you got to make a move here, get it done with, either play him um and trade him after that or just keep him, but you know, if you are going to just let this let this fester and now he's sitting out again and again or or to your point, he starts to rotate. I think that's a terrible idea that's going to undercut a lot of the good that they have done. So that's all I got.
1: Yeah, and le- unless his game Unless he gets activated here and gets back in the lineup and his game takes off and that's better for his value. It's better for his own morale and play. That's great. But I think we're heading towards them probably just cutting their losses here by the trade deadline and just probably taking apples at, at, at this Fourth point. Fourth round, Fourth round, Do you think? Oh my God. I think I would, I would take that and run even. Um, I mean, I he's a able...
0: pending free agent, so he he's walking for nothing if he, yeah, I think it's know.
1: probably more like a fifth. I think it's probably more like a fifth at this point. Fair, Fair enough. enough. It's rough. Uh, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment uh, right here on score North it's Judd's hockey show. Yes, I'm Declan Goff. It's Judd Zogad. We have been the mainstays here. Now we got a little goalie rotation. Speaking of scratches, speaking of uh, moving bodies, speaking of players being motivated to get opportunities here, Jesse Pierce, we got AJ Frederickson coming on the show um, throughout the week as well. So we're a little making some nice additions at the deadline, just like Bill Guerin potentially will be with his own team. But with that subscribe button, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, this is Judd's hockey.
0: You know, there's no room for petty bullshit.